This is Kramer Financial Talk with Jim Kramer of Kramer Investment Services. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Jim Kramer provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. So listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Kramer Financial Talk with Jim Kramer. Welcome back to another episode of Kramer Financial Talk. My name is Jim Kramer with Kramer Investment Services. If you'd like to learn more information about what you hear during our episode today, for callers in Wisconsin, our Lake Geneva office number is 262-729-4128. And for callers in Illinois, our McHenry office number is 815-331-8096. Feel free to visit us on our website www.kramerinvestmentservices.com and on our website you can view the past couple of our podcast episodes by clicking on the media library and radio tab also subscribers to apple podcasts and spotify can view all of our past previous shows so today our episode is going to be on how to prepare for a bear stock market And when we talk about a bear stock market, that means when the stock market is going down and going down pretty sizably over a period of time. And we're going to talk about a couple of different subjects within that uh, uh, this uh, topic. The first part is going to be timing the stock market. Is this something that investors realistically can do? We're going to talk about following your overall risk tolerance. How important is that? Or should we stray from time to time based on what we feel the market's going to do? Also, talking about other financial objectives like what, when are we going to retire? And what's our overall objective once we do retire? Also, we're going to talk about when's the best time to make changes to your portfolio. And what are some alternatives to stocks and what tends to do well when we go into that bear stock market? But before we go into this topic, I want to introduce you to my co-host, Tony Shore. Tony, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. And thanks for having me on the show. It's so great to be here. And it sounds like you've got a great topic lined up for us. You know, I've had a great week so far, just been really busy. How about you? How have you been, Jim? Hey, I just uh, had a nice weekend. It was relaxing, a little cooler weather. We've had a, a tear of hot weather, Tony, here in Wisconsin. And yeah. it's nice to get a little bit of a reprieve from that. And a busy, pretty busy week ahead. Uh, lots of uh, financial plans I'm going to be putting together for people. Um, you know, lots of adjustments we're making to portfolios right now. So, yeah, it's going to be a busy week, and I'm excited for that. Well, that's awesome. That sounds great. Now, uh, when we talk about uh, the stock market, uh, uh, let us know where you want to head with this. Well, let's do, uh, we we do this every now and then, you and me, Tony. Let's do a stock market update. Yeah, where are we at right now? Okay, so year to date, the S&P 500 keeps humming along uh, through the halfway point. It's up over 15% year to date. So uh, it's on track to do 30% if it continues. 
The Dow Jones doing very similar, just slightly under 14% per year in gains. And the NASDAQ, which really started off slowly this year, has really been on a tear of recent. It's up to almost a 13% of gain since the beginning of this year. So the overall stock market in the United States is doing quite well. Many foreign stock markets are doing pretty good this year, uh, unlike the past couple of years. Uh, the bond market, though, which is the good alternative people traditionally have relied upon for investing has done pretty poorly. It's up uh, a little bit over the last three months, but it's still down for the year 1.6%. So very much uh, a stock market driven investor market today, Tony. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see that. And uh, that's interesting. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes considering inflation and all the stimulus uh, money that's been put out there and with things coming back with COVID, it depends on where that goes, I suppose. But so many things can influence the stock market. Uh, we'll have to see. Nobody has a crystal ball, but you do need to be prepared. Um, what about a bear market? Do you think we are near a bear market? You know, it's really tough to tell. There are some warning signs that are out there, but then at the same time, there's also data that shows that the economy and the stock market is going to be doing well. So there's there's, there's this real dichotomy right now that we see that we often are not faced with, especially being in this business. So one of the chief indicators that I look at are these financial valuations of stocks. Traditionally, we relied upon them to tell us how healthy a stock market is. It's not a matter of, did we break a new record in the stock market? I think we heard a couple of times this week that the NASDAQ posted another record. Uh, it's, been, it's been doing really well of late, but that's not really what we look at when we're measuring stocks is, does the corporate earnings match the prices of these stocks. And we can do that through one of the financial valuation indicators, that is the P.E. ratio. And right now, the P.E. ratio, if we're looking at the, the benchmark, the S&P 500 is 45 to 1, which means that the price per share of stocks that make up the S&P 500 are 45 times above earnings. When we compare that to just prior to the pandemic, Tony, it was 25 to 1. So what, what this means is that the prices on the stock market have stretched considerably higher than corporate earnings. And part of this is understandable because the pandemic really slowed and crushed corporate earnings as the economy shut down. But since the beginning of the year, we're continuously seeing a higher number. And that that's a warning sign. The higher the number, the more stretched out the stock market is. And the number that we're looking at right now being 45 to 1, there's only been two other times that that's happened in our history, Tony. And that was in 2008 and 2002. Those were two time periods where we saw significant crashes. So that's a bad sign. The, on, the, yeah. on the flip side is we're seeing a lot of consumer spending, regardless of inflation. Uh, we've got a lot of money in the economy right now, in part because of government's actions. And there's still a positive outlook on growth. And we're still waiting to get some figures in. But there's so much uh, positivity that I'm hearing from a lot of corners that it, it kind of eases my mind a little bit. When, when you see a stretched out stock market that maybe corporate earnings are going to catch up to stocks, or at least we're wishful in that regard. 
Well, yeah, and so obviously everybody's situation is different as how they're going to react and how much money they have in stocks, and you that's why you try to uh, find out you know people's risk tolerance and balance things out, right? That's right. That's right. So, yeah, you know, are we in a bear market? Well, nobody really knows that answer. There are some warning signs, but I think, you know, there are the uh, on the flip side, some things are looking pretty good. But then the real question to ask here, and I think this is a uh, this is something that many investors think about is can we successfully time the market? Or rather, can my advisor whom I'm paying money for uh, right. Should we not expect that they can be able to successfully time the market? And the truth is, the answer is resoundingly no. For one is, we, we backtest this over time, that the vast majority of people that try to time the market, when to get in, when to get out, do a poor job of it. You know, I met uh, an investor years ago that said, you know, I kind of have a feel I have a lot of intuition, so I kind of know when the stock market's going to crash. So he said to me, uh, back in 07, I pulled all my money out of the stock market. And in 2009, I put all my money back into the market. And, huh. you know, this this same person be, actually became one of my clients. And in 2015, he came to me and said, you know, the market's going to crash and it's going to be a bad one. So I'm going to pull all my money out of the market. But it didn't happen. And then it happened again uh, a couple of years ago. And the truth is, you, you might get lucky once. And if you're lucky once, that's great. But over time, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. And it does show when we look at research that your returns over time are going to be lower than the person that sticks into the market. Obviously, you have to move your money into certain areas of the market that do better. Um, stick to a consistent plan, though. And over time, you're going to more likely do much better. Yeah. Yeah. And so obviously, you know, I, I remember who is it? Warren Buffett said uh, it's not uh, timing the market. It's time in the market. He That's always right. talks about that. That's so, right. So uh, really, it's it's about uh, time in the market and uh, jumping in and out usually doesn't work. You know, if you try to time the market, you'll lose every time. I think he said that. <laughs> That's right. Uh, or almost every time. But yeah. So uh, what about, uh, you've mentioned risk tolerance before. Yes. How does that play into this? Yeah, risk tolerance is extremely important. So, uh, Tony, we've talked about this before. I do financial seminars. And many people that come to my office from these seminars feel pretty good about where their investments are these days. And why not? You know, with stocks doing so well. But then after we do an analysis, and I'll do a stress test, um, with my software on their existing investments. What did they do in a 2008 market? What did these investments do in a 2000 to 2002 stock market? And it'll show precisely how much those investments went down. So the, the question is always posed to those investors, how comfortable are you if this were to happen within the next couple of years? Or what if it starts to happen right now? Will that change your mindset? And often the, question, the answer is yes that they would do something different if they really had known that. And so um, following your risk tolerance means being able to, to still have money in the market if that's a portion of your risk tolerance that's justified, you know, money that's in risk. But the money that goes into safer investments, well, we've kind of lost ourselves, I think, 
in this country. Too many people are throwing their money into stocks right now, and they need to dis- diversify even in the areas that are not quite as lucrative as what the stock market's doing. And that could include high quality bonds where you do give up some return. In fact, this year, you're not even getting much of anything. Uh, there's annuities which can provide some income, it provides safety, and if the market is doing good, it can also give you a decent rate of return, but you'll never catch up as much as the stock market. But it's designed to help prevent the losses from being quite as drastic as if you had all of your money in the stocks. Even the safest stocks can lose a a significant amount of money. And there's other alternatives. There's precious metals, we get into currencies. Now, not, not that these investments are safe per se, but they can provide an alternative to the stock market. And certainly making sure you have your baskets correctly um, put together of safety, and that that can even include emergency money at the bank, annuities, uh, treasury investments, AAA rated bonds, um, as well as your stocks and other alternatives to help give you more diversification, which is extremely important. If you're a younger investor, you don't have to quite follow that risk model quite as drastically because you have time to make up for those downturns. The key for those individuals is don't pull out of the market. And if you're fearful that you're going to do that, then don't go into stocks quite as heavily. Have some safety net put aside so that you don't make those decisions that can really reduce your overall returns. But if you're in retirement or nearing retirement, and at the same time, you need to either within the short period of time or or currently need to pull money out, of your accounts, that could be an actual destroyer of your retirement plan. Right. Yeah. And that I, I can really see that having a huge uh, negative impact on your retirement plan. So you want to have a, a solid strategy in place. And I know that's where you come in. I mean, you have to work with a trusted financial services professional like yourself, Jim. And for our listeners, you're just a phone call away. And you can set up that uh, no cost, no charge, a consultation, no obligation. And, and I think that's really important. So, um, you know, looking, everybody's got a different time horizon and you have to look at that and get a plan in place that takes that into account, right? So when somebody comes to my office, it also can, it, it can often be kind of an overwhelming experience, at least initially. And part of what I do is to make the person feel more at ease and to let them know, here's kind of the process that's involved. The first time they meet with me, I typically don't make recommendations. I just want to get to know them a lot more, uh, get, get an understanding as to what we just talked about, your risk tolerance, and let them know, here's how I can help. To, to make this achievable without you having to do a lot of work on your own here. I can show you a path that if you follow it, here's how you can make your retirement dreams come to fruition. And a couple of things I need to know, obviously, is time horizon. You know, when are you thinking of retiring? Or maybe you're not even sure yet. Well, that's where some someone like myself can come into play and help them out and tell them, hey, based on your situation, based on your overall financial objectives, what you're looking to do in retirement, you know, I can give them a good indication 
as to where they're at and where do they need to be, how much money they need to set aside in order to make that happen, how much income are they going to need in retirement to successfully live upon. And then we have to also account for other things like emergencies and cost of living adjustments. There's obviously a big fear of inflation these days, but there's a number of things that go into this that um, it's not just about, hey, can you just invest my money and how do you make me the most money today? Well, there's so much more that goes into it. And part of relying upon an investment professional like myself is kind of taking that anxiety, that fear away so that if they're fearful of, let's say this is a common objective, not running out of money, um, I'll show them a way of how they can do that in order to make it work. You know, for most people, there's a way to make it work. Sometimes though, it's a tough conversation that I have with people, but there's always a will, uh, a way in which to make this happen. And it focuses on your budget planning. It focuses on choosing the right time to elect income sources like social security. Do you have a pension? Well, let's find out this information. And I'll try to make it easier for them. I can help to create a budget plan for them. I could kind of figure out what their budget is currently without having them detail everything out. So putting together that financial plan, once you get that going and it's in action, it really helps that individual mentally. It gives them a good a barometer. Hey, I'm, I'm going to work three, four, five more years. And then I know based on if I do this, this and this, that it's going to happen for me. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's great. So uh, you work with them on timing. I mean, that's that's huge as far as, uh, you know, looking at their time horizon and looking at the best time to make changes. So uh, what are some alternatives to stocks and, and what tends to do well in a bear stock market? Okay. So typically bonds are that good contrast to the stock market. Unfortunately, bonds are not very attractive at all right now. But however, when the stock market crashed, in early 2000, bond investments went up and it went up sizably. It will never go up as much as stocks do. And over the long haul, bonds are never going to keep pace with the with stocks, but they're not as volatile. And over the last 10 years, the bond market has averaged around 3% per year. For, for a lot of investors, that's not cutting it. They want a higher rate of return. The question is, how much risk are you willing to take in order to do better than inflation? And if they say they're willing to go through the roller coaster ride of the stock market, then certainly a, a, you don't need to have a whole lot of money into the bond market. But it's a good safety net. There's other investments, though, that can do better. And certainly if you work with a good financial services professional, there are certain types of annuities that can perform better. Then the bond market can do certain other things with guarantees that bond investors never get. I mean, there's income benefits. If, it's, if that's important to you, that's something that can be done where you're able to draw a higher income than what the returns of the bond market are providing. It also can provide a death benefit guarantee that's typically better than the average return over 10 years from the bond market. So there's a lot of things within annuities that are positive, but unlike the bond market, it's not quite as liquid, meaning that you can't just pull all that money out at one time. These are discussions that I have with my clients. It's a matter of how much do you value liquidity? Are you willing to take and accept lower returns 
for that purpose of liquidity. And sometimes it's about uh, a bucket strategy. We'll have a certain amount that's freely available for emergency purposes where we're willing to give up some return and then some money that you don't happen to need so much in the short term, we can focus on getting higher returns, which could include annuities into that regard. And then we get into alternate investments uh, that are also uh, historically as risky as stocks, but they tend to work uh, autonomously to the stock market. So if stocks are doing poorly, real estate investments can sometimes do good in a down stock market. Real estate investment trusts are publicly traded on the stock market. We can get into the Forex market with currencies that we trade, uh, precious metals. I know some people are getting into cryptocurrencies. That's something that I don't get into as, at all. There's certainly a lot more risky investments out there. My firm does not focus on high risk investments. We will never do that. And that gets into options trading, um, sh selling short stocks. We don't do anything like that. We follow good, um, sound principles when we invest our clients' money. And we've done well for them. But the main thing I want to always get back to with my clients is what's your risk tolerance? And whether the market's good or bad, we don't want to deviate from that. When's the best time to make changes? is definitely not in a down market. We never want to make changes in a down market. If we did a good job proactively in setting things up, uh, we don't want to be doing that because that's when we can really harm ourselves. We're more apt to sell stocks in a down market, whereas the time to sell stocks is in a better market, similar to what we're seeing right now. We have stocks way up. If we're going to sell on stocks, the time is now, but it doesn't mean we're going to sell all. It just means we're going to reduce some of our positions in the stock market and incorporate some of those other investments that we just brought about. Right. And that's that's really uh, where it's at. So I think it's really good to understand all this and have a strategy in place. But the key is, right, to have that plan and strategy in place. Right, Jim? Exactly, Tony. You, yeah, and I have, you and I have talked about this, about being proactive and not reactive to what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really important. So uh, we're almost out of time. Is there anything else you want to add before we have to go today? Well, for listeners, if you have any questions from what we talked about today or from any of our previous podcasts, if you'd like to schedule a one-on-one -on -one meeting with me in person or do a Zoom meeting or just a phone call meeting, uh, for callers in Wisconsin, our phone number is 262-729-4128. For callers in Illinois, our number is 815-331-8096. We're here to help. Yeah, I think that's great. Thanks, Jim. And listeners, that does it for today's show with our host, Jim Kramer. Thank you for listening to Kramer Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Jim Kramer at Kramer Investment Services. Call 262-729-4128 or visit them online at KramerFinancialTalk.com. 
Fee-based planning and investment advisory services are offered by Crayman Investment Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Wisconsin and Illinois. Insurance products and services are offered through Kramer Investment and Insurance Services, Inc. Kramer Investment Services, LLC, and Kramer Investment and Insurance Services, Inc. are affiliated companies. Jim Kramer and Kramer Investment Services are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.